Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Carolina Mountford. Carolina is a mental health speaker and writer and has experience of an eating disorder, trauma and other mental health conditions. I find Carolina incredibly inspiring and our conversation starts by talking about quasi-recovery, which is something I am potentially experiencing at the moment, and how Carolina stepped away from that into the freedom of life without an eating disorder. We then go on to talk about the role of faith and religion in Carolina's recovery and we also speak about Lent and how you can use this to benefit your recovery and not use it as a way to avoid certain foods that may be fearing you. Hello Carolina, how are you doing? Hi Han, I'm good and it's lovely to chat to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. I was actually thinking... Because I remember, I actually remember having a chat with you before we did our last podcast, because I remember I went for a walk, but I can't remember when we recorded it. It was a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. I know. Time flies. (laughs) Um, But so lovely that we're still in contact um, and having this chat. So... Um, I guess before we go into what we were going to talk about today, do you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners if they haven't heard of you before? Sure. So I'm Carolina Mountford. I'm a mental health speaker and do a bit of writing. Um, I give talks and workshops in schools, colleges, medical schools, businesses, whoever basically wants to understand more about eating disorders, what they are, and Um, the journey sort of to recovery and freedom and that's what I'm really passionate about and um, yes I had a history of sort of trauma and uh, eating disorders for 15 years and I've been free for I've lost count it's over 20 years um, or thereabouts so um, yeah and here I am it's here you are yeah yeah (laughs) and without sounding cheesy like you genuinely are somebody that inspires me so much and if I have like a thing of oh no recovery is not possible like you know you have to live with with this like even a small element or whatever I'm like you are testament that that is not true and I remember oh my god I remember the last episode we did and just I listened back to it and I was like oh my god I'm so inspired and yeah it's just your story is incredible I'm so pleased it's been helpful that's yeah that's lovely yeah it really has and so I can imagine all the work that you're doing now doing all of your talks you're inspiring a lot of other people as well so it's brilliant that that's now what your focus is yes yeah no it's great and I I love it I get I mean I I love doing it I love speaking to people but what uh, excites me the most is when I see other people grasp that hope Mm -hmm. and when they're able to hold on to and believe it for themselves mm-hmm. that is so exciting and that's that's the bit that I really love and and obviously there's there's a period of time where you know someone may not necessarily believe that it's possible for them and 
And in that time, you know, we hold the hope for them. But there always comes a point where they're ready, when they're kind of they they're close enough to, and they're like, okay, maybe I can, yeah. and and that's so exciting, and I just I love that. Yeah, and I feel like that's such a it's such a hard time often to go through because you. <clears throat> I think that's definitely what the past kind of six months or so have been for me in that it's been like like at the depth of despair and then kind of needing to do something about it seeing other people ah, oh, they've recovered that's great but there's no way I'll ever do that mm. and then it's so interesting how once you do start to recover um it's so difficult but you start to see those glimmers of hope and you start to realize like oh my god like this is actually this actually could be something that's possible to me or like I think you start to uncover things this is my experience anyway of like I didn't expect that this is what am I trying to say I I'm kind of I didn't realize that I was missing out on these particular things so that's why recovery maybe wasn't that attractive but also I never thought that these things would be accessible to me Mm -hmm. but then you start to have little like tastes of that's a bad pun to use but you start to get like a little taste of you know being more engaged or being able to see more friends or just you know having more energy to do things and like oh so like if I keep doing this, then I can keep having this happiness. And actually, this is so much better than where I've been before. Yeah, it's, it, it's those glimmers in, in mm-hmm. the darkness. And, it, you know, yeah. living with an eating disorder can be really, really dark, as a lot of us know. But as you said, you know, the, the more you do the work and then and then you get that, you know, that first glimmer and you think, Oh, what what was that? And and you think, oh, maybe maybe that can happen again. It might not, it, you know. Mm-hmm. But the more those, you, the more you see those glimmers in the darkness, then the better able we are a to hold on to them and to believe that there will be more of those moments, and mm-hmm. ultimately that those glimmers become so big that they yeah. um that they take you know they sort of overpower the darkness and and mm. you get more glimmers and less dark um which is yeah. the opposite from from where we all started which is kind of a place which is full of dark with no glimmers mm. um and yeah there's definitely that point where you know as you said yourself you know you almost didn't realize what you were missing out on until you had that glimmer of oh this 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 is what I've been missing and yeah um and it, it's a little bit like, you know, when you've been through something really difficult or um, or, or even if it's a trauma, um, you know, you, you, we often just kind of muddle through and we get through and we do what we need to do to get through that day and, and, and that season. And it's very often only once we're through it that we look back and we think, oh, wow, that was really hard. How did I do that? Um, and I suppose the flip side of that is, you know, we don't really... Uh, fully appreciate the stuff that we're missing out on until we begin to experience them again and then kind of our bodies and our minds and our brains remember oh yeah this is what life was like before Mm. I was unwell um, and this is how life can be again and I think those moments are you know if we allow ourselves to really uh, reflect on them are the things that can sort of propel us forward 
um, mm. for more, for increasing change. And I think you're right. You mentioned earlier it, it's quite hard, you know, as you get closer because it's very easy to to get stuck in a place of kind of relative wellness, um, and and it's that sort of mid quasi recovery, um, and yeah. And I know we've chatted about about this before about you know just sort of you know we keep doing the work and we just keep pushing through the next thing that we see and and you know the next rock to climb over the next obstacle to get through and and the more we do that then again just the further away we keep stepping from our eating disorders yeah but yeah. yeah but it's hard that stage isn't it's it really because i think hard. you go you know what you were saying there about you sort of don't really realize what you're missing out on I think part of that is because you are literally your your brain and your body is doing everything to survive and your world is so small because all you kind of have the capacity to focus on or all the eating sort of wants you to focus on is the eating disorder um and so for for me that didn't feel like something I got to a point where I thought I can't sustain this anymore like this needs to change but that sort of point when you reach the quasi recovery like that is something you can live your life in that space um and I think that that for me is why this stage and I've got to this stage so many times before in terms of like, you know, recovery is going well, but it's there's still a lot of behaviours that I'm holding on to. And it's like how you then keep pushing yourself to that to that next level, because ultimately this is a life that you could continue to live forever. You question whether, you know, do you want to be kind of tied up in all of these behaviours or not? Um, but I mean, I don't know whether that was your experience, but this for me is almost the hardest and the scariest bit because it's it's completely like it could yeah. be the the pa- uh, place where I completely let go of eating disorder whereas at the moment it's a bit like well there's a bit of safety here because I've got a few of those behaviors still in my back pocket yeah absolutely I think um you know those I call them you know sort of you know residual behaviors you know mm. they can act as a bit of a comfort blanket as a bit of a you know mm. safety net they're familiar. We've most of us who've had eating disorders have had them for a long time, and so you know we know them really well. And and you know for a certain period of time, they have served a purpose, not a brilliant purpose, but mm. they have served a purpose. And so letting go of those last ones can be really scary. Um, but also, I think, yeah, just you know that space of, like you said, you know, do I. Do I really want to let go of this? Do I really want to? And and to that extent, once you're at that place, you know, because presumably for someone to get to that place, they have had some professional input, some support, some therapy, some treatment to get them from really unwell to um, a bit less unwell or a bit better, you know, where, you know. Um, and and there, there comes a point where you will only get as well as you are prepared to do the work does that make sense you only can mm. you only you're only going to get out of it what you put into it I suppose yeah. would be the sort of you know academic um analogy which you know you hear parents and schools tell children um <laughs> you don't read you're not going to get very far or, or you know um but and, and I think to a degree there is truth in that because you know we can get to the space you know where we are functioning 
we are mm. you know holding down a job we are studying we have our families or whatever it is but we also have all these other behaviors and i think mm. um i think then it, it i mean all recovery is you know recovery is is a choice because no one can do it for us we have to choose to recover um but but in that place that that we're talking about you know we we have to choose you know each time to 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 break down the next one and um and really it's kind of a part of it is you know how much headspace how much energy how much time do we still want to devote or give Mm -hmm. to our day you know to our eating disorders or to our you know our disordered eating habits as they might have you know lessened in intensity and severity um and and I think for me one of the things that I am so joyful for and grateful for is the freedom of that headspace Mm. of you know it's not that I don't have any of those thoughts. I am human. I am not a machine. Those thoughts come. But but the freedom of, you know, putting on a pair of jeans, you know, after Christmas or after, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a bit more snug than they were before Christmas. Okay. And and the thought flies out my head just as quickly as it flew in mm. my head. And I think that's the freedom that is so liberating. Whereas, you know, years before, or even in that quasi recovery mode, that could have looked like, oh, my jeans are a bit tighter than they were before Christmas. Uh, need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is fine. I can still go out with my friends, and I can still, you know, do do all the things. But it, it's just those little things that you know, those, um, yeah, those thoughts, those which then can sometimes translate into behaviours of you know are going to compensate and it, it's just it, it's so it's very nuanced because at this stage it, it's not um it's not as severe it's not as uh you know black and white or all or nothing as it was in the earlier stages of, of illness it's much more nuanced it's much more subtle and and I think therefore we need to be uh we need to wisen up to it and and just be mm-hmm. really alert and and ultimately be really honest with ourselves at the end of the day this is just us and us really it, it's our illness and and we have an army of people hopefully around even it could be a little small army but an, an army of real warriors who are with us and by our sides but ultimately they can't do it for us as much as we really want them to um and yeah I'm, I'm slightly probably digressing and rambling but, no no um it yeah, it, it's kind of making that decision of what am I going to do with this thought? Am I going to, you know, let it dictate my day? Am I going to let it dictate, you know, what I eat, what I do, how much I move, who I see, what I wear? Or am I just going to say, yeah, okay, these jeans don't feel like they did three weeks ago. Well, so what? It, you know, it's really not the end of the world and it's fine and I can still eat whatever I want and I don't have to go to the gym today and I don't have to do anything today if I don't want to I can stay in my pajamas and you know eat bagels all day or whatever it is um (laughs) (laughs) for different people it'll be different things but I think that and and to be able to think that and feel that you know without feeling guilty without um Mm. is is just amazing but also, like you said, is, is being in that, you know, social situations with people and being fully present. 
um, mm. that is that is just magical um, because with eating disorders where we have previously been so withdrawn and isolated because that's what eating disorders love us you know doing is hiding in, in darkness in our bedrooms and not seeing anyone and, and not socializing and interacting and to be able to be with other people and 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 focus on the communication the emotions the um the encounters that we have with others the joy the celebrations without half our brain or most of our brain going what am I eating? What do I look like? What am I wearing? My jeans are uncomfortable. What are they thinking? And, and missing out, as you know, mm. on, on, you know, we're there, but we're not really there. Um, it is, is just, you know, is, is joyful beyond words to, and, and yeah. I think, as you've said, you know, you've, you, you're getting more and more of those glimmers of those moments of, you know, being fully present and, and how amazing that is. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting because when you said um, a minute ago about like, you know, how much time, re- realistically, the thought is, you know, in, in this stage of quasi recovery, how much time do you now want to give to the eating disorder? And you could say that you could take that as a perspective of, oh, well, I've been in recovery for ages, you know, I've worked really hard, and I just don't want to be doing that anymore. I don't want my focus to be recovery, I just want to lead a normal life and, and move on, which I totally get. But I think, in that in itself is like okay well like if you just devote a little bit more time to pushing to you know that that next level then you won't have the sort of consuming thoughts that mm. potentially are still there mm. and it's it was actually and this sounds so silly to say because you know this weekend I've been with my best friends and my family like I should have known this but my body has changed and not a single person commented on the fact that my body had changed not a single person you know I I said to my partner I was like it was so crazy because I thought that people would be like oh honey you look different or whatever and he was like I doubt anybody even noticed and the only thing that they would have noticed was the fact that you know you were able to have conversations with them you were able to spend the whole day with people without being like I just need to go and have five minutes because I'm feeling super overwhelmed right now or whatever um and I think you you just can't experience that when you're, you know, in the depth of an eating disorder. And I think that's what makes it so difficult. It's like you can't, like, you know, you can't do something and then be like, oh, this is what recovery feels like. So now I've got that inspiration. You have to do the hard work to then realise what, like, those good feelings are. And then that motivates you and propels you forward. But it's so hard when, you know, you're trapped and you just think well I can't get out and I actually don't really like this is all I know and actually this feels really safe and comfortable so why would I want to leave this but then when you do get out you're like well that was really uncomfortable that was literally not safe at all (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and like um oh gosh I had a thought tonight it's gone um (laughs) I'm such a (laughs) does that make me a terrible interviewee um yeah, you were you were saying about you know when when you're in this point of recovery and then like you know oh, I've done it for so many years I kind of I, I I kind of don't want to keep doing it and and there is there is you know it's okay to rest you know recovery is mm. incredibly hard it is exhausting because so much of our world sadly revolves around you know food and whatever um and so it's obviously um taking up a lot of our um, a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, a lot of our headspace. You know, it, and it, it is just really hard, and it and it's emotionally difficult. Um, you know, 
sitting with and processing all the emotions and you know what's behind it and how am I responding to it? And eight, well, eight, identifying it in itself can be incredibly difficult. And then you know mm-hmm. working your way through that whole thing. Um, and so it's completely natural and understandable to kind of think, okay, I'm really tired of doing this. And mm. and that's when you know it's okay to hit the pause button. It's okay to if we go back to my mountain analogy that I shared with you um, in my last episode. <laughs> you know, it's okay to you know sit on the mountainside and kind of go, okay, I'm just going to pause, mm-hmm. but then get up again and keep going. And I think that's where we can, you know, risk getting stuck in this quasi recovery mode. Is mm. is we just sit down on the mountainside and we go, okay, this is as far as I'm going. Yeah. Um. And and you know. Th- for some people, for any number of reasons, that will be as far as they go. Um, and, and there's no shame and there's no blame and there's no guilt in that at all. There's zero condemnation in that if, if that's as far as someone gets. And, you know, we don't know, um, you know, what they are facing that is stopping them from going any further. Mm. And, and so, you know, huge amounts of compassion there. Um, in as much as it depends on us and our um, our desire and our will and our discipline to a point, because there are times when you think, no, I've, I've got to do this, and yes, it's hard and yes, it's boring, but come on, let's do it. Um, I, I think then so long as, you know, we get back up and we keep mm. plodding up that mountain, um, you know, we will just, you know, get more and more of those amazing glimmer moments mm. and, and, and those freedom moments. Which, um yeah are amazing yeah which really are very special yeah um yeah no I think I think you're so right and but it's so nice to hear somebody that has kind of you know been there and gets it and understands the difficulty of you know keeping 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 on as they say um but I guess the thing that we said that we were going to speak about today um was your relationship with um, your religion and your faith. And so I'd be really interested to hear the role, if any, that Christianity played in your recovery um, and how that, how that impacted you when you mm. were in recovery. So, I mean, in short, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my faith. <laughs> Mm. Um, it is something that I clung on to for dear life. I wouldn't say I ever lost my faith um, completely, uh, but there was certainly a long period of time where uh, I wasn't very active in my faith. It wasn't um, a very big part of my life, you know, for that period of time. Um, and so, but it was something that I knew to be true, and I knew that it was something for me to hold on to that it was uh, you know that god was a rock that i could you know stand with stand on and and so in that sense i just i always knew that that it was there and that it was true and that it was um and and so that really helped me um and you know i was i, I say this you know and that's how i you know i was desperate i was literally clinging on by a thread um thinking you know god you know if I know you're there, but it really doesn't feel like it. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, desperate cries to God, kind of going, you know, please help. And I think it helped in, in A, it gave me a hope uh, that um, that one day somehow 
things were changed. And also, uh, I knew that I wasn't alone. I knew Mm -hmm. that he was in it with me, alongside me, Um, that I wasn't abandoned, that I wasn't forgotten, that I wasn't, uh, which were so many of the things that I had felt from my kind of, you know, earthly family, um, unloved, unworthy, forgotten, abandoned, um, not wanted, uh, not, you know, unloved, all those things. And, and I knew that, that that was not true of God and that he was with me through it all. And, and, so, and so that was a huge source of strength and comfort. Um, and, yeah, and then, you know, as, as, as the years kind of went on, my, you know, my faith kind of grew stronger and my um, understanding of it became a bit deeper and, um, and it became a much bigger, active, prominent part of my life. Um, but but it's kind of always been there, um, yeah. And so, yeah. And I think I think without my faith, I I really would have given up many 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 years ago, and um, I actually wouldn't be here. I tried to take my own life a couple of times, and uh, I have no doubt that. Uh, God intervened, particularly with one of them. I was going to, um, you know, crash my car into a brick wall, and and my car wouldn't start. My car <laughs> was fine. There were no problems with my car, uh, and you know, I was in my car. I was, you know, sobbing. Sob. I was. I was despairing. I had. I saw no way out of the situation I was in, and and. You know, nothing was ever going to get better, and it, this, you know, life was pointless, and and all of those things that you know many people will be will resonate with, I'm sure. Um, that sense of deep, deep hopelessness, and um, and so, and I had parked in literally in front of a big brick wall, and I was going to reverse my car, and you know, and go at it at, at high speed, and my car would not start. And I literally just had to sit there and I was screaming at God and I, and I just sat there. And it wasn't until I had fully calmed down and I just, you know, it was about 20, 25 minutes later. And, you know, the intensity of that emotion, of that despair, of that hopelessness um, kind of ebbed a little. And I kind of was able to breathe a bit more normally and and I kind of it was almost like he just kind of reset me a little and and I tried again and it turned on and I calmly drove home and I you know and and I just and I looked back at that was a really kind of pivotal moment for me and and that was at a time where you know, I had no prayer life. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't, you know, I was really far away from God, a bit like, you know, the prodigal son. And, um, and I was not living uh, a life that, you know, Christians are called to live. And, um, and yet he still kind of, I felt, you know, kind of had his hand in me. I kind of went, no, no, you're not going to do that. I've got better plans for you than, than that. And, um, yeah, and I, I've always kind of, I've never forgotten that. And, and I think 
yeah, I think that, you know, obviously had, had an impact and, um, yeah, things are now very different, thankfully. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's incredible and I really appreciate you sharing that experience that you've had because I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, that was really moving to hear and, you know, it does sound very much like there were higher powers involved <laughs> making sure that things didn't happen to you. Um, I guess what I'm really interested in, so obviously you have like that experience and, you know, God intervenes um, and you you don't then end up, um, um, you don't end up crashing the car. And that's obviously a fantastic experience and he saved you. My question would be, how was your relationship affected when you were struggling with your eating disorder? Because, you know, if if we're going to say that God intervened with the car crushing, you could equally say that, you know, God not necessarily made you have an eating disorder, but, you know, didn't kind of pick you up and, and make everything better and put you in situations that then, you know, meant down the line you were vulnerable to an eating disorder. So mm. did you have resentment there or? For a long time I did. Abs- yeah, I totally I did. And I was like, I, you know, why? Yeah, I had lots of questions. I had lots of whys. Uh, I had lots of, you know, why aren't you helping me? Why have you let this happen? where are you um uh you know I had all the questions that people have about suffering I mean on a slightly different scale we're not talking you know I mean my life in comparison to world wars and famines and you know is really quite on a very different scale but but still I'm like you know why why suffering why why have you let this happen what you know Mm. you can do anything please make this go away please help me not be sick tomorrow please help me not to take laxative tonight you know and and I suppose the answer some of the part of the answer to that is I don't know um mm. and and actually you know, the, you know the bible does tell us that you know we we won't know all the answers no one will you know this side of heaven uh, so there is an element of actually and that's that's part of kind of faith right it's been certain of what we don't know and mm. unsure of what we don't see um so it took me a long time to kind of be okay with that. And 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 I think what um kind of older, wiser people around me um said was was and, and again it it's I test everything that anyone tells me about Christianity on on the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I'll go with it. If it sounds a bit mm, uh that's you know, I'll I'll check it out. And and what everyone said is that that he is with us in it all and and I think I suppose I would my clearest answer would be that he God doesn't cause bad things to happen but he does allow things to happen Mm. why we don't know Mm. sometimes sometimes we might get answer to that a lot of the time we don't and part of the difficulty is trusting and I think you know for for Christians is is trusting and knowing that there is a reason we might not know it but he does and if we believe in the nature of God as it is 
shown to us in the Bible and in the Gospels, and um, then we know that it will only be ultimately for good. And I know that sits very uncomfortably with some people, and 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 it's a it's a hard concept to grasp. You kind of think, well, it it is, and I'm no theologian. I don't. I really don't have all the answers, but um, I suppose my faith. I would describe my faith as, and I, I don't mean this in a very simplistic way, but you know, I, I'm not a theologian. I, I'm not an intellectual. I'm not, you know, a cerebral, um, and so I don't have a lot of the answers that that others may have. Um, you know, you ask some theologians to come on your podcast, and they will be able to give you much better. Um, academic answers my my response is much more of a heart response to what I've read in the bible to what I've experienced and to what I've heard it, it's more of a yeah and I and I think yeah and and I'm okay with that a lot of people mm. or some people you know perhaps more kind of scientists or um people you know they, they want they want answers they want you know if this then how you know how does this work why does it work and 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 I totally get that and I kind of wish I had a brain that could understand you know m- much more of the kind of yeah the the kind of theological intellectual as- aspect of it all but um but but I don't and and so but I know that my my faith and my relationship with God and Jesus isn't dependent on my intellectual cerebral understanding that it you know um and yeah and I think it it, it is hard not having the answers um mm. and you know but I think that's true in in so many aspects of life you know I'm 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 free I've you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well, you know, life is in many ways amazing and wonderful. You know, we still have our challenges. We, you know, and I think, oh, Lord, really? I've, you know, okay. and that's, this was just a few months ago. I'm like, okay, I kind of think I've had enough trauma and difficulty and battles and struggles and, what, you know, to last me beyond eternity. Like, mm. can I just have a break now? Um, but, but also the, you know, Jesus said, and it's in the Bible, you know, take heart, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. As Christians, we are not immune from the difficulties and the challenges that anyone else faces. And we suffer from mental illnesses, we get cancer, Christians get, you know, in that sense, everything is the same. Um, but Jesus did say, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And, and so we know that he knows that we're having a hard time. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and and yeah, and I and I think also um, knowing that you know for, for a long time I used to think, you know, am I am I a really bad Christian? Am I not praying enough? Am I not believing enough? Is my faith not big enough? Am I is 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 this why? Is it just that I need to pray more? And and I think that um, the church has had a role in that um I'll, I'll be kind perhaps inadvertently kind of given out the message and I think it's much better now but I think you know 20 30 40 years ago 
you know, I know a lot of people kind of felt blamed for their distress and their difficulties and their mental mm. illness, that it was a lack of faith or that it was sin or that it was, and actually it is none of those things. And, um, and I think that, you know, knowing that, I think the church is beginning, I don't know, it, things are definitely changing, but, mm. but also kind of recognizing that, you know, just because we're Christian, it doesn't mean we don't struggle with any any of these other things. And so when I when I kind of find, and I don't know if I very naively before kind of thought, well, hang on a minute, why 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 am I struggling with this? Surely I'm 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 in this kind of group of people. I I you know, life should be really fun and really good. And God was like, well, hang on a minute. I remember what I said. Um, and and I you know I mean that in a in a kind of you know slightly jovial sense but but you know we are not immune and so um there shouldn't be any surprise there for any christians who are who are struggling and um but but yeah i mean my faith has definitely had a very central uh place in my in my recovery and and since um yeah i think I have a question, another question, and I think it aligns very much with what you've just been saying about like, you know, well, if I sort of um, practice my faith and, you know, I, I pray, um, I was going to say I pray religiously, um, like, you know, I, I like um, engage in prayer and, and do all the things that I'm supposed to do, then, you know, I, I should be fine. And I guess I've got like a, like two thoughts about that in terms of one side of things, you know, maybe outsiders or you know family members or, or or something do you think that there could be an element of well clearly you're not you know you're not being I don't know what the right word is you're not practicing your faith enough like clearly you're doing something wrong and that's why God has you know forces eating disorder upon you or whatever so very much saying that it, it's sort of like something that God is causing for somebody but then in the in the same respect I think something that I've seen before that I think can be quite difficult is for people to rely wholeheartedly on faith and religion and not just to Christianity to to yeah. many religions yeah. on recovery so you know if mm-hmm. if I'm a good Christian then I will recover and you know God will find the way for me and I think the way that I see it from what you've been saying is that it's not that you know God has forced this upon you because you're a bad Christian or it's not that God will magically make you better because you're a good Christian it's that bad things happen and God is there to support you through those bad things and to you know hopefully hold a beacon of hope out for you but also um the aspect of faith can help you to come through recovery and have something to hold on to but it can't be relied on you know you still have to do you personally have to do the work of recovery you can't just pray to god that you're going to recover from your eating disorder and then i guess you know miraculously be cured and mm-hmm. i'm not saying that to like minimize people's beliefs or whatever i think it's just a really important thing to talk about because i i've heard it quite a lot of you know maybe not the people suffering from an eating disorder, but maybe their loved ones to say, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. Like God's got your back and yes, God has got your back, but the work still needs to happen in you. 
you are absolutely right on on both those counts. So a God does not cause eating disorders on us. He doesn't force them upon us. He doesn't make them happen. Um, they happen for all the reasons that you and I understand eating disorders to happen. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the role of faith. Uh, he is in the mess with us. He is. Um, he is kind. He is loving. He is faithful. He is compassionate. He is gracious and merciful, and all those things. And um, and and in the same way that kind of our salvation isn't earned by us doing good things and us doing the right things and um, you know praying whatever, doing whatever. You know, we are. If you, you know, if you're a Christian and you and you believe it, you know, we are. Um, we are saved because of because of Jesus, not because of anything we have done. It, it, it's mm. purely out of grace and, and mercy. We cannot earn um, our salvation and our redemption. Um, it, it's, it's all God's kindness and, and, and love. Um, and, and he doesn't make us have eating disorders. You are also right in that... Um, uh, you know, believing that you know, if if we if if we pray every day, if we read our Bibles every day, if we go to church every Sunday or every you know however often you want to go to church, um, that 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 alone is going to um, facilitate or enable or effect um, a miraculous healing. Uh, absolutely, we need to do the emotional work. We need to do the you know. God works through science. God works through, you know, God heals people through through medics, through doctors, through in with, with physical illness. And it's absolutely the same with mental illness. God will use um, therapists and nutritionists and, you know, all sorts of professionals, you know, to work alongside um, us to aid us in our recovery. Um, so it, it, it's, it's not, you know, God at the exclusion of every other professional. Uh, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do know of one person um, who was miraculously healed of bulimia that she'd had for years, um, and literally one day to the next, gone. That's one. So wow. in in the same way that you know you do sometimes hear of miraculous you know physical healing and. You know, someone goes for a scan and the tumour that was there two weeks ago is gone. It's rare, but it does happen. And, and, and so I think we very much hold that in mind. You know, it, it is by and large um, a combination of, in terms of eating disorders, um, psychotherapists, psychologists, you know, uh, dietitians, nutritionists, you know, the whole, you know, array of professional specialist help with a really good support network um, of, you know, friends, family that we can send a quick SOS message, go, I'm, you know, I'm in a real pickle, you know, help, SOS. And I had, I remember when I was getting better, you know, I had, I don't think we had mobile phones in those days, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> but I would, what would I do? Pick up a phone? Well, I can't remember what I did. But, um, but literally just, you know, SOS. And I didn't have to explain and I didn't have to. And, and they just knew that, OK, you know, it, it's a really tough moment. And so, you know, professional help, really good support network. And in my case, and, and 
hopefully for, for others, God, faith, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. And, and, and all three, and, and I say this when, I, you know, in, in my talks, that all three were really important. It, for me, mm-hmm. it was like a, a three-stranded, you know, recovery path. Um, and all really important, all really valuable. Um, and, and I think without any one of them, I, I wouldn't be here in the way that I am. Um, yeah. And I, I think it makes me really cross when I hear, or, and sad when I hear that, um, but, but, but I was this person too, where, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not praying enough, or I'm not believing mm-hmm. enough, or, or, or it's my fault because I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Or, um, and, and I think, no, that's not, you know, that's not how Christianity works. That's not how our, you know, relationship with God works. It's not, you know, he's not there beating us with a, you haven't gone to church this week. I haven't been to church for a couple of weeks for various reasons. I don't think he's there, you know, waiting to trip me up on a technicality. Mm. That, that's not the God I know. That's not the God um, I believe in. Uh, mm. But that to me sounds very much like the eating disorder coming through because the eating disorder for me, whatever I engaged in, told me that I wasn't enough. And so that just sounds like the eating disorder feeding through into your faith, your religion of this is happening to you because you're not praying enough, because you don't believe in God enough and and things like that. So actually that's yeah I feel like that's a really key element there and that that's the eating disorder getting in the way um the eating disorder will get in the way of you know anything anything. that we try and do to get away from it it'll use whatever it can to trip us up to Mm. distort our thinking to um it lies and deceit I mean it's the biggest liar I know it tells us that you know that's the route and path to happiness and you know, mm. eternal joy, um, and it's it's not it's a dead end road to misery, as as we know. Um, but it's a very clever, convincing, you know, liar, isn't it? And yeah. um, and it's it's very subtle, and it um, and yeah, and 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 it somehow the eating sort of knows what it is in each one of us that that is going to really get us and you know if for the christian it's a ah, you're just not praying enough or mm-hmm. you said something really unkind about that person well you're not meant to be unkind are you you're meant to be really kind and gentle and yeah. loving and you were really nasty and you know, it, it'll be it'll be whatever it is and mm-hmm. um and and i think that really has the potential to sadly you know hold hold people back um but I think you know separating, separating the two is, is really important, and and mm. and ultimately holding on to that you know God is above all merciful and compassionate and gentle mm. and um, yeah I think I think when I reflected on 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 that more and more. Um, became a bit lighter I think mm. yeah I think it's um 
it's kind of across the board, isn't it, with, with an eating disorder that anything that's important to you or that you kind of that is a part of you, it will make you feel like you're crap at it. Um, whether you know whether that is your religion or whether that's being a friend or a partner or whatever um, it's the nature of the beast so I think if it is you know the whole oh you know this this is happening to you because you're not you're not um, you know doing enough as part of your Christianity then that's probably a very clear sign the eating disorder is making that up Um, I guess one thing that I wanted to do um, just to kind of end the podcast is we are recording this now because of um, Lent coming up and obviously Lent is kind of that that period of time where I think if you put it in very basic words, um, you, I mean, and I'm sure you'll be able to say this much more beautifully than I can because it, I'm sure it is something that you engage in, but um in my eyes it's you know you give up something for a period of time um and in my experience as somebody that isn't religious a lot of people use that as I'm gonna give up chocolate I'm gonna give up crisps I'm gonna give up all these bad foods um and I think actually it can be a time to oh my god I've just had a great idea Lent give up your eating disorder yeah there we go there just do go. it for a short period of time to see to see yeah. how it feels. Yeah, what a big what a big absolute f you to your eating disorder. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not dieting this year, mate. I um, love it. <laughs> sorry, slight tangent there, but yeah, I think it can be a time also to give up um, negative things in your life. So, what has your experience of Lent been? What yeah. what kind of things does it mean to you? So. Um... I think, you, you know, if you hit the other spot, I think Lent, you know, was born out of, you know, Jesus 40 days in the desert and, um, and, and several denominations took that on. And so for, you know, Christians and to, to kind of to spend those 40 days and, and the Bible talks about fasting and it's, um, you know, and, and that's all, that's all fine. Um, but fasting is almost always in the Bible tied in with prayer, fast and pray. Mm. That's the combination of words that you will often see in the Bible. Um, I think over the years, um, it's it sort of been slightly, I don't want to say corrupted, but um, it, it, people have been, have adopted it um, as, as a way of uh, bingo, you know, losing weight or feeding the eating disorder and, um, and, and, and using it kind of as a cloak to hide under. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's Lent. I get to, I'm going to give up X, Y, and Z, you know, sweets, chocolate, pastries, you know, whatever it is, crisps, nuts, whatever. Uh, and, and I think, and I, it, I, hands up, I, I did it too. <laughs> um, but, you know, for, for many years. Uh, but actually, you know, if we go back to what we were talking about before, about recovery and about being really honest with ourselves and, you know, why, you know, why are we now, why are we walking to work? Do we really want to save the planet or is it just to get the extra steps in? You know, it, it's those sorts of questions uh, in that kind of, you know, quasi-recovery uh, or, even, or even earlier when we just twist something round that is very um, legitimate. Sure, you know, stop using public transport, you know, save the planet. It's, you know, everyone talks about, you know, fresh air, mental well-being. 
except for with the person with the eating disorder where that can you know just you know make make things worse and it can fuel the eating disorder and so uh, and so i think lent has become a very easy way for people to take something that is you know good and legitimate and and use it to kind of serve their own unhelpful and kind of destructive you know purposes um and personally i you know there are so many alternatives that that we can you know do during lent that are not um unhelpful that are not um going to take us you know further into the eating disorder but actually you know further away and it's you know you don't have to give something up you know we can i mean we can take something up we can start something new mm. we can um i know put 20p 50p a pound you know however you know in a jar every day and at the end of lent you know donate it to your favorite charity or to a person that you might know is really 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 struggling financially um you can help someone with chores you can send a card to a friend every day um during lent i mean probably not the same friend every day for 40 days um you know but d- different <laughs> different people <laughs> but you know or do, do something nice for someone else you know there was a research study um that 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 conducted in research and they found that if you do something uh something nice for someone else five days of the week people reported a 41 percent increase in feelings of well-being and i just think that is amazing and it still gives you two days off where you don't have to do anything nice for anyone (laughs) except for yourself (laughs) just don't be a super horrible person on those two days (laughs) oh yeah um you know just just one small thing for someone else for five days and you know it just I just I found that quite staggering and and really rather lovely um you know we can take up a a new skill a new hobby a new discipline a new um, I love my mother-in-law who I totally adore I hit the jackpot with my mother-in-law um and I know mother-in-laws get a bad rap but um but mine is utterly gorgeous um I remember her years ago saying to me, because I think someone in the extended family said something about Lent. And she said, oh, what a load of nonsense. She goes, I always, and I think she heard it from someone else, which is starve the sin, not the bin. And I've just, mm-hmm. I remembered that. And every, every Lent, I kind of, I, that comes to mind, starve the sin, not the bin. Exactly. So, I mean, yes, we can do things, nice things for other people. We can, you know, but actually we can look at our own selves. And, you know, decide and determine that, you know, I mean, we should be doing it all the time. But for Lent, you know, making an extra big effort to, okay, what, what are some of my really not very nice habits, perhaps? Or what, what is that? What is, you know, there's something in me that, you know, I could try being more patient. I could try, you know, I don't know, that person that you find really difficult at work or at school or in college or, um, or you know, are you, you know, are you really gossipy? Do you have a tendency to? I I, I don't know, um, but I think, gosh, that you know, every Lent, and I hear my mother-in-law's words in my head, and I think, okay, what 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 do I need to work on? Uh, you know, this Lent, what am I going to try and do better and or be nicer at, or you know? And I think that's that's going to be much more impactful long term mm-hmm. because you know it it's generally a better thing um 
and and it's also it's outward looking as a lot of these other suggestions that I've given are you know helping someone else sending a card you know it's outward and I think you know particularly in the context of eating disorders which are so inward looking they're so kind of um you know kind of navel gazing really bad kind of in this context um (laughs) but you know and I just think if we can spend a bit more time depending on you know where we're at on our journeys of just looking outwards a bit more and looking to those around us and um I think even in small ways I think the world is such a difficult place at the moment that even the smallest acts of kindness or the smallest gestures um that can help someone that can put a smile on their face that can um ease someone else's load um have a sort of a a bigger impact because of how difficult things are and so um yeah those are kind of my my tips for Lent and and I think with with eating sort of recovery I think just you know just being really honest about our motives for doing what we're doing and Mm. um you know I know some people who give up social media for 40 days that's a really good one to do unless of course it's you know part of our work in which case it's a bit hard but <laughs> as a social media manager I think I'd struggle quite a lot but you yeah, could say no, you give up your personal you give up your personal social media yeah, exactly I think that's probably more for people for whom social media isn't there you know yeah, literally how, how they earn their living <laughs> yeah I just but... got a strike at work for for 40 days 40 guys days. I'm giving up social media for Lent so I'm just not gonna work <laughs> Up to our crash, but um, you know, but but for others who are listening, who do just use it for personal use and for social use, you know, that's that's a really good and really challenging one. Um, mm-hmm. Or yeah, I I don't know. There are so many, but um, yeah, I think kind yeah. of the conclusion absolutely is to you know the whole point of it is meant to be that it has positive uh, have positive influence. So whether you know. For for some people, that could be giving up something that they have an unhealthy relationship with. Um, but I think that, you know, as long as it's promoting positive change for you and those around you, like, yeah. then it, I think it's a brilliant thing. And like you said, there's, there's yeah. so many things that you can do. Yeah. And I really like that idea of bringing something new into your life, um, you know, or maybe changing a, a habit or a behavior yeah. that you've got that, you know, isn't serving you positively. Mm. Um, I've just I think thought you've given another some one. great you know, ideas. Volunteering at, you know, food mm. banks or shelters or yes. children's groups or, um, you know, the lonely neighbor. Um, mm. There are, yeah, there are, there are loads yeah. of things we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carolina, it's been such a lovely conversation with you, um, and I'm really, really glad that we've reconnected. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Uh, they can find me on my website, which is carolinamountford.com, um, and then on socials, uh, Carolina Mountford MH on Instagram, and um, Carolina Mount because Twitter doesn't let me use my full name so it stops at O ah. um, <laughs> uh, yeah and then my normal name Carolina Mountford on LinkedIn <laughs> amazing well thank you so yeah. much thank um, you and thank you for kind of sharing all your experiences and and being so insightful I think it's really nice to hear other people's perspectives um yeah well, it's been it lovely, lovely to, chat. to speak thanks with for you. having me If you enjoyed listening today, you won't want to miss next week's episode, so be sure to subscribe.
Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support or talk to someone you trust.